Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we create a movie based on a random prompt from the internet. As always, I'm joined by three members of the Hollywood elite. Kyle Decker is our writer, who is who is the writer of DC's gritty Wonder Twins movie. You know it. See Robert Cargill, our director, who literally wrote Doctor Strange. And I'm not... Yeah, literally. But not the first one. Um, well, I mean, what do you mean by first one? <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he wrote the gritty remake... Right. The gritty reboot of that 1992 classic, Dr. Mordred. Oh, of course. I'm I sorry. Did. He's also the lieutenant of Megaforce. Right. Also yeah. true. And <laughs> our producer, Jacob Gulliver, who is going to also be writing a new superhero movie, Fantastic. So, uh, is that the sequel to Fantastic Four? Yes. Uh, people okay. get really confused when numbering it, but so don't <laughs> worry about it. Um, so just to double check, is, yes. is this where the A in it is the four again, but there's also a two in the middle now? Uh, the four is now a two. Uh, oh, extra confusing. Perfect. Okay. Are there still four members of the group? <laughs> I don't know. Did they, get rid of, did they just get rid of Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm? He's the writer. What are you asking him for? Right. <laughs> He's the one that came up with Fantastic. <laughs> so the theme of the story is noir adventure. The main characters are a stressed thief and neurotic hermit. The major event of the story is service. Do you need that again? Yeah, hit me one more time. Okay. All right. So we, we open up our opening. There's a man. He's hiking in the middle of a big, dense forest somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. His uh, equipment and clothes obviously look like they've been bought from an L.L. Bean recently, and he's really comp- he doesn't know how to read the map. He's really frustrated. And then all of a sudden, he comes across this woodsman living in a shack who's skinning a deer, and he knows his stuff. And the two men just stare for a moment, and, and the woodsman... We're going to call him Flint, stares at him and just drops his knife and says, how do you find me? And the, the other man that doesn't look like he's out of place, well, boss sent me. The out of place man, his name is going to be Stinky. We're going very noir, very kind of classic names. So basically the, the plot is, is Flint is a former hitman for the mob who wanted to get out but couldn't, so he went full hermit into the woods and has been living Bear grill style for a decade now. And they finally sent Stinky, who uh, was on his last luck with the mob, though like basically he had screwed up a mob. He didn't intentionally screw up, he's just dumb and incompetent. They, the mob's like, this is your last chance. If you can find Flint and bring him back, you're welcome back to the family. If not, you're done. The idea was they thought that Stinky was given an impossible task to find Flint. They just they laughed, they sent him away, but he finds him in the beginning of the movie right away. And Stinky explains this to Flint, and Flint, instead of just killing him right away like he probably should have, has pity on Stinky because there's a good relationship. And they forge a plan together to take out the mob sent after both of them. So we have this great scene where the hermit Flint, they go into town, they get a hotel room, and he shaves off the beard and everything. And he goes from, you know, looking this Grizzly Adams, a.k.a. Jeremiah Johnson-looking dude. And all the next thing you know, he's in an Armani suit. You know, he's got a 9 millimeter with a silencer. 
inside his jacket and they're ready to go and they just go and the whole movie is these two one by one with Stinky the former incompetent guy learning to become a great hitman one by one killing the members of this mob and the end of it they become so good Flint still wants to retire but Stinky ends up becoming the top hitman for the rival mob who is in the same city we see gangster movies in Chicago and New York all the time let's set this one on the west coast let's put it in uh, Los Angeles Okay. which we, we haven't seen since Chinatown but and do you have a title for this? Let's call it Out of the Woods. And Not the best name for a revenge flick, but this is what I got right now. Just out of curiosity, is Stinky his, on his birth certificate? Is no, that his that's just his mom nickname. Okay. Since we're doing noir-esque, is I didn't this, feel like giving him a real mom name. Abuse his Stinky. mother did not give him that name. That's the nickname oh, okay. he got. From other mobsters. Got it. That's what they call him. Mob nickname, not mom. I thought you said mom. mom. Okay. MLB. I definitely heard mom nickname too. All right. So, uh, Mr. Cargill, you have the script for Out of the Woods. It has been written on the leather of an animal and it's delivered to you. So, how are you going to take this script and make it into movie magic? Well, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to drop the stinky name. Uh, a lot of ink has been spilled over stinky. I think the type <laughs> of story we're going with. We definitely need some thematic juxtaposition here. I feel like we need to change that name to Tinder. So we've got Flint and Tinder. Um, and here, now we have now we have names that, you know, have this kind of punch and meaning to it. We need to cast somebody super badass, but somebody that not everybody sees as being too, you know, has done that particular role before. So we definitely have to avoid, you know, John Wick at this point. So we need to avoid Keanu Reeves because that's, you know, the nearest noir adventure. So I'm thinking Carl Urban. So we've got Carl Urban out in the woods as this Grizzly Adams guy. And, and Tinder, Tinder definitely has to be Josh Gad. Like, that's the, this is who they've sent out into the woods. They've sent out this pudgy, goofy, dorky guy who got his nickname Tinder because of the fact that he can't get a date. And so he's always <laughs> fiddling around with the Tinder app and nobody's ever swiping right. So this is our, 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 our team. So in the beginning, when we're out in the woods, we definitely need to extend that just a bit. We definitely need the entire first act to be about, about Tinder out in the woods retrieving Flint and then coming back. So I want to shoot that all. I want lots of 300 millimeter shots of, of just the, the the Pacific Northwest. And I want it to feel like just just wet and and moist and, and like drizzly all the time. So we definitely need to do some, some, some rain shot. This can't just be hiking through the woods. This has to be a miserable slog up and back. And that gets us down to our act when we get down into the city. What we also need, though, is we need a moment. We can't just have Flint decide he's going to kill everybody. We need that not only does he realize that Tinder is going to be killed, but that Flint is going to be killed as well because he just knows too much and they don't trust that he can be out here alone. He's already killed. We'll mention that he's already killed several of the people that have come out trying to, to finish the job. And so then, once we get there, I want some great, great action sequences, some set pieces of just going into well-defended buildings and, and having you know Flint take him out and Tinder in some nice tight shots, slowly seeing how in tune he can actually be to this. And I think that's, we focus on that and we focus on the fact that Flint sees himself in Tinder 
and that Tinder is the younger version of himself, so he's giving him that chance to have that conclusion, and I think that's the, the big, big clincher at the end. All right, so Jacob, production is underway for Out of the Woods, so where are you going to take this? How are you going to make this? Yeah, up? definitely. You know, you guys gave me some really good stuff here, and I definitely think we can make this thing happen. Uh, I need a different title. You guys got to give me something better than this to sell, because it's right now it's just kind of forgettable. It, it floats by the wayside. Not entirely sold on, on Josh Gad. I, I get where he's at at the beginning of the movie. I'm having a tough time seeing him at the end of the movie as, you know, this new, arisen, powerful hitman character. But maybe, you know, maybe you can make me a pitch if there's something you think's going to work with that. Show me how that plays out, and I think we can make it happen. I love the integrated branding. You know, the still that you guys sent me of Carl Urban in the soft blue Nordic style zip-up cardigan with the matching scarf over the top while holding the 9mm pistol. Beautiful. L.L. Bean has been looking for years for a way to sell their products to millennials. Normally it's just the older generations who are really into L.L. Bean, so that's that's totally working for me. Uh, we've got Tinder right in the, the, the script. It's perfect. We've got so much brand integration that I'm I'm 100% on board. We just need to, you know, kind of clean it up around the edges and get this thing rolling out the door. I, I'm going to see what we can do about getting some tourism board money as well. So, you know, see if we can use some of the shots that we're getting also for some tourism videos. Maybe see if we can get a, one of those elusive permits to shoot in Yellowstone, something like that. Uh, so I'm going to reach out and make some make some contacts there. So I really like the idea of the kind of parallel between the woods and the city. So I kind of want to see some sort of like parallels going back and forth between those two and, you know, see see some things that change from the beginning to the end so that we really sell this transformation of both characters going from, you know, Hermit back to, you know, top of his game and going from Schlub all the way up to, you know, top-tiered assassin. So I think there's there's some really good potential in that. What do we what do we have for the rest of the, the mob guys? I'd, I'd like to see a little more female presence in the film. Maybe we can have, like, the head of the mob clan be a, a female character of some kind. I'm sure there's tons of, of character actors you could pull in for something like that. That would be a, a nice little reverse of the typical. Mm-hmm. You can have something something good there. And then I wanna I wanna get a little bit more into what the mob's, you know, ultimate goals are at this point. You know, what did what did Flint do to get ousted and what did what is their ultimate goal in you know, getting rid of these guys? What are the stakes that they're really getting their their hands on? Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty good and come back to me with your next draft. This. Also, what was the budget for this? It was 80 million. 80 million. All right. So everyone's kind of given a treatment for Out of the Woods. There is a note saying change this fucking title from Out of the Woods. <laughs> so what are you going to do now? Uh, we've got a great title thanks to our director changing one of the characters' names. The title of the movie is Flint and Tender. That's a great effing title. It even echoes back to kind of your classic buddy cop movies, but that's this is definitely not this is this is a buddy assassin movie. Took some notes. I, I like the idea of building more early Pacific Northwest and giving a Flint a real reason. They bond a little bit, and but Flint's like I'm I'm safe out here. Maybe teach some woodsman stuff, but then an entire like high end hit team from the original mob boss comes after Flint and Tender in the woods, and they're going to kill both of them. And I mean, these guys got tactical suits and you know submachine guns, holding night vision goggles. But Flint's ready; he's been ready for this the whole time. So we have this scene where he defends his basically mountain man thing with you know most dangerous game type traps with you know log. It's like the scene in Predator where they rig up all the rudimentary traps and all, and they just waste this entire hit team with, you know, log traps and spike traps and all kinds of cool things. And that's that bonding moment where Flint realizes they're never going to stop coming after him. And so his new strategy, instead of hiding, is going the offense. But he can't do it by himself, so he brings Tinder along as extra help. 
the mob's motivation for going after him is Flint wanted out and he was promised out by the mob boss if he did a job. He did the job, didn't like it. The mob boss goes, you know, I changed my mind. So Flint, in a fit of rage, killed the mob boss. We can maybe do a flashback scene like in the office of Flint killing him or we can allude to it in dialogue. I will write scenes for both and they'll have it ready and will ultimately let the director decide what, what he wants. And our, our female crime lord leader is Iris, his daughter, who has taken the mantle after her father was brutally died, and she's out for pure revenge on Flint for killing her father, even though she's highly benefited from now being in charge of the mob, but she can't save face until she has killed the man that killed her father, ultimately, and take full power of the mob. So she has to kill him to move up, and it's more, instead of getting revenge for her father dying, she's like, I have to literally check this box before the rest of the mob takes me seriously. So it's very, she's powerful and all, and to really assert her power, Flint is the last, like, thread to clean up and cut off before she can really flex her muscles and fully take over. Okay. So. And just uh, to be clear, in this script, is Tinder still an idiot? Well, an I mean, idiot? He, he's just kind of clumsy and, like, he care like he's smart, like mentally smart. He's just a little clumsy and thing. And I, I don't have a problem with that actor doing it. If, if uh, Danny McBride and Seth Rogen can pull off action sequences in Pineapple Express... So can the cast we have, for sure. That's just me as a writer. Ultimately, it's not my call. So, Mr. Cargill, um, you received an update to the new title, Flint and Tinder. A couple changes have been done. Is this going to change how you're directing this? Well, yeah, I'm going to ask for another rewrite in particular. There, there, there's a very important point we're missing here. The movie is called Flint and Tinder, and I'm down with that. I love that. However, the movie is about Tinder. We open with Tinder. We end with Tinder. Flint is you know, the wizened, old, angry hitman. So the primary plot cannot revolve around Flint. It's got to revolve around Tinder. What I'm thinking, and and I'm, I'm seeing what our producer is seeing here, so let's move Josh Gad off that. I still want Gad in the movie, but Gad is going to play Tinder's brother, and their mother is the crime boss, and their mother is Marissa Tomei. And so Marissa Tomei is the crime boss who has sent her idiot son out because her idiot son is just a liability to the organization. Everybody's worried that he's going to give up in, you know, uh, uh, somebody at some point or fuck something up. And so she, it was her plan to go and get her son killed. And when Flint realizes this, he realizes they're never going to stop coming, that the crime boss is even willing to sacrifice her own son to cement her power. That's the driving force of this. That's what I'm going to say there. And no, aside from that, I think we're definitely... You know, we're, I want to avoid Yellowstone because I'm really feeling the Pacific Northwest thing. I think we need to shoot this in Washington or Oregon. There's so much just great scenery in that area, and you shoot it nice and wide, it's going to look glorious, it's going to look big, it's going to look epic. And exactly what you were talking about in terms of the juxtaposition, at one point we'll have a shot in which we have all these trees, you know, in this beautiful wide shot, and then what we'll do is we'll fade in to buildings and having the buildings be in the same places as where the trees are. And so we have that whole concrete jungle kind of vibe. And so that way we have this thing like, even though we are coming out of the woods, we are going into the jungle. Like this is the very same thing. It's just as dangerous. We have just only convinced ourselves that it's not as dangerous. So that's how we'll go ahead and do that. And what I want is I want to see some really strong dialogue from Marissa Tromey. This mom character needs to be tough as nails and smart. And that's the thing is what is important here is that Marissa Tomei is smarter than Flint. But Flint is unstoppable. He is unflappable. He cannot be deterred. It is his endurance. And that's what 
Tinder learns from him that Tinder doesn't need to be smart. He just has to have the force of will to not let anybody give him any shit at all. And that's, by the end of the movie, we've got, oh, I forgot to say who we're going to move into that, Jay Barichell. Jay Barichell is going to be our our <laughs> our son character, so it's going to be Carl Urban and Jay Barichell. That's, that's what I think the movie is. All right. So, Mr. Yeah. Gulliver, before our first attempt at releasing this film, what are you going to do with your producer powers? The studio just loves this script. This, they love this project. Marissa Tomei is a godsend. This is going to work perfectly. I'm all about this movie. We settled on Olympic National Park in Washington, so we're also going to have some uh, glaciers that you can access, some, some nice mountains. The studio likes the idea of having like, a training sequence on one of the glaciers. I know it's going to be expensive, but I think it's going to be worth it. Getting Jay Barakel up to uh, up to snuff. Going back to the city side, I think we've got a lot of like, grit there. Good dynamics between the the brothers and their mom. What what I'd really like to see is some big set pieces, and I think we you know we're gonna put in for some practical car chase stuff and put in for some practical explosions work. We'll get some of the same teams that worked on the Transformers films to come in and, and put in some some good practical explosions. Maybe get some of the guys from the Fast and Furious franchises as well to do that. Try and avoid going too deep into the CG territory. Try and make it you know a little bit closer to the kind of you know nostalgic action movie feel that we're we're going for. Play off some of the action movies of yesteryear, the buddy cop movies of yesteryear, and uh, I think that's that's going to work. But the title is is great. I love it. Putting the trailers kind of in the the space of like you know the the other guys or something like that will will sell to a lot of different markets regardless of of which ones you bring in i also really like that marissa tomei is kind of outsmarting them for a long time i think that journey from you know beginning to end works really well as this sort of almost reminds me of actually going back to carl urban his his role in the the Red movie, where Bruce Willis is kind of, you know, this unstoppable force that's just trucking his way through everything, and Carl Urban keeps trying to stop him every time. It works well as, like, a beginning-to-end grab for that throne to uh, de-seed Marissa Tomei. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I think this one's really ready to throw out the door. All right, so I'm going to take uh, what we've done so far and put it into our movie machine, which sounds like scenic trees blowing in the breeze. So, yeah, good news, some bad news. Well, I'll start with the bad news because I want to be an optimist. So your plan to get in millennials by having Tinder in it didn't work as well. Tinder on their end tried to promote it on their app and, you know, tried to promote it as a date movie. I think they gave the tagline, sometimes life swipes left, Clinton <laughs> Tinder. Um, so that didn't work. And then people who came for a date movie, it didn't exactly work for that. And you had the people who associated with the emoji movie for that. So sorry on that end. However, the film itself, you know, is very well-liked critically. It's a more classic action movie, so where it's not over the top as much, which is kind of refreshing. It doesn't do as well when it comes out, but good word of mouth eventually kind of gets you over the hump. And in the long run, you are able to make your money back and then some. So it's a profitable movie. Yeah, yeah. eventually. However, you do have time travel magic, and you can make any changes you'd like to see how this film does. So we're going to start with our writer. Sure. Oh, well, that's, this is really easy. I'm going uh... Since we have time travel magic, I'm gonna write the tender use of tender in it. There'll be one joke having like like muscle guys making a joke. It's like <laughs> we call him Tinder because he can't get a date, and that's that's it. That's all you need. The setup just he can't get a date. 
We won't show him using tender or anything like that. So we won't have to worry about a promotion. Sure, we'll lose that little bit of corporate sponsorship, but since we got the National Park Service and stuff behind us, we're fine. That and the casts we have, while great, they're not super expensive casts, so it still leaves with an $80 million budget, plenty of money to play around. I think the marketing should be heavily on like a lot of sci-fi, superhero movies, action movies. The big thing we'll throw it on when the Predator, the Fred Decker, Shane Black Predator movie comes out, we'll make sure to purchase the first trailer time. So that'll be the first trailer people see before they see the new Predator movie. All my decisions, by the way. So, what's that? All my decisions, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, that's my notes. I know I'm the writer. I can't do that. But that's what I would suggest. Yeah, but I will definitely pull Tender out of the script to be the it's just an insult early on and we have a bunch of like mob tough guys a bunch of guys who were on the sopranos laughing at tender and that's how he gets his nickname done okay so little changes the script your notes get eventually sent to your producer you can take credit for it as long as the movie's more profitable i don't right know. yeah mr cargill any ideas uh, yeah, I actually disagree with the changes there. I think we can, <laughs> I think we can leave in Tinder. The thing is, is that Tinder isn't gonna care how well they're represented in the film. I don't think that's the problem at all. I think they'll be fine. They're just about trying to brand recognition. So I think the big thing we need to do is just change the title. That way, we can prevent the advertising mistake. I think we call it Flash Fire. And I think that still plays into our whole name. And all of a sudden, there's no way you can sell Flashfire as anything but an action movie. And I think now we don't have the date movie problem, which I think is what really dinged us in that opening weekend. Aside from that, I think everything else is on track. Everybody, critics like the movie. It, if it made its money back by, by making this minor change, I think we're going to draw more people in. The word of mouth is going to be stronger. And I think we're going to have a hit on our hands. And Jacob, last chance, you can also completely ignore all the notes that were sent to you. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to take both, and I'm going to combine them. It's so, like Reese's, yeah. <laughs> but for filmmaking. Right. So I see an opportunity here where some people didn't like the movie, but other people did like the movie. So what we really need is, like, two different versions of the same movie. So what we're going to do is we're going to release Flint and Tinter. We're going to shoehorn in uh, a love, love plot so that we can make it a little bit more of a date movie in the in the, the theatrical release. And we're going to add uh, Isla Fisher as a love interest um, who has nothing to do with the mob story. She's just going to be there and kind of like, uh, maybe she like lives uh, in the woods nearby or she's like a park ranger or Is something. Is this Isla Fisher's sister? Is it pronounced Isla? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Put her in. And then what we'll do is, whether that, that part's successful or not, Cargill's going to do a director's cut for us, and we're going to re-release it as Flashfire, kind of like what they did with you know Edge of Tomorrow when it came out again as Live, Die, Repeat. So we're going to do that. Um, that and worked then, out so well for that film. Yeah. I mean, of course it did. Why wouldn't it work out well? So we're going to do both. That way the fans can have whichever version of the movie that they like. Tinder gets what they want. I don't have to pull all that advertising money out last minute, so you can still get this thing up and running. So that's that's the changes that I want to make. Turned out beautiful, I love it, the studio's very happy. Okay, so I have to recalibrate the movie machine for a second, which sounds like a forced burning. So Flint and Tinder doesn't do well, and your theory, which was very interesting, turns out people who saw Flint and Tinder and didn't like it weren't interested in seeing a director's cut with them saying, well, this is the version that you will actually like. 
I know logically. I mean, I'm sure you, you know. But we never could have predicted that, Ben. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> if only there were some real-world examples that could have directed us from that horrible mistake. So Tinder still promotes it, and it is people. It is just as good as people would have expected a social media-sponsored movie to be. So uh, good there. Eventually, Flashfire gets released 20 years later as the exact same movie again, this time to disassociate it even more with what it came from as being a lost film because no one saw it, so no one would know. How'd that one do? It got shown at a few festivals. And when that's the best I can say, that should give you an idea. So um, there it is for the movie machine, and I'm going to end it, as we always do, with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fury. I'm so glad I don't live next to you. Have to trade the convertible in for a dump truck. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening this week, guys, and a sincere, very grateful thank you to C. Robert Cargill for joining us. Hopefully we didn't fanboy too hard. On that note, you'll definitely want to check out Mr. Cargill's Junk Food Cinema podcast and pre-order his upcoming post-apocalyptic novel, Sea of Rust. Let me tell you, I can't wait for that one. We are also currently running a Kickstarter campaign for our superhero action comedy web series, Super Academy, which you can find at hotchocolatemedia.net or plastered all over our pages on social media. Please take a moment to back the project and share the link if you can. Consider it a trade for all the free episodes of Movie Machine. Okay, we love you. Bye-bye.